You are listening to the Next Best Series podcast, and this is our preview of Game of Thrones Season 8. Next Best Series, where after a very long, almost two-year wait, we are finally, finally, finally covering Game of Thrones Season 8, the final season. Very, very sad. You know, normally I've had Will Mavity uh, with me as kind of like the de facto person to help cover Game of Thrones with me, but this year we have a lot of people from Next Best Picture that are going to be helping us out, and one of them is joining us for this special preview predictions episode for the final season. We have JC Aldridge. Hello, everybody. The Lord of Light is with us. And as I said before, also, as always, Sir William Mavity of the Blackwater. William Martell. I killed her children, and then I smashed her head, in like this! <laughs> that work? That was perfect. Gods have made their will known. Tyrion <laughs> Lannister, you are hereby sentenced to die. So as you all can tell, we are pretty big Game of Thrones fans here over at Next Best Picture. And as I said before, we've been waiting a very, very long time for this moment here. This is uh, honestly, for me personally, I just want to start off by saying this has been something that I've been looking forward to <laughs> ever since season seven ended, actually. I just always love spending time in Westeros. And unfortunately, this is the final season to do so. Only six episodes this year. Uh, but... Some things to be excited about with these final six episodes. We have two of the MVP directors of the show returning. David Nutter, who famously directed The Red Wedding. He also directed uh, season five finale, Mother's Mercy, where Jon Snow gets mutinied by the Night's Watch. He's directing episodes one, two, and four. And then you have Miguel Sapochnik, who is returning to direct episodes three and five. And he is famous for directing Hard Home, Battle of the Bastards, The Winds of Winter. Easily probably the biggest spectacle director the show has had yet. And David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, the main storytellers on the show, the head uh, creatives, and honestly, the two people who drive everything that we love about this show, they are the ones that are directing the final episode for, in their words, if anyone is going to screw it up, it might as well be them, and let the blame all fall on them. So, six episodes, everyone. That's all we're getting this year to wrap up what has surely been one of the most epic stories of our lifetimes. And let's mention that Benioff and Weiss directed two pretty solid episodes. They did the wonderful episode with the Hound and Arya in the Tavern, which is honestly my favorite series premiere. Yeah, Two Swords, season Mm. four. And then uh, Walk of Punishment, uh, season three, episode three. That is famously the episode where Jamie gets his hand cut off at the end of the episode. And, of course, they have that really hysterical music cue. I love that song. Baron and a Baron, a maiden fair. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So much fun. 
I don't know if this season's going to be a lot of fun. I hope it is. I hope it's not all death and misery uh, throughout. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. Well, I hope there's moments of levity and the, and the humor is still there. I don't know if I want it to be six straight episodes of just dour, bittersweet, depressing, oh my God, my favorite characters are dead moments episode after episode. I don't think it will be. They've yeah. been steadily adding in more and more humor, I feel like, since season six. It's like, uh, you know, I think I think they got complaints for just how morose it was in season five because they've mentioned before that they made some changes to the script as a result of the reaction that season. And like starting from the first episode in season six, there were just a lot more gags. I imagine, especially with all these characters like the Hound and Braun in the same play and Tormund in the same place together. Uh, we're going to get lots and lots of comedy to kind of, you know. The stakes are so much higher in this season versus seasons past. So, you know, I just, I think that I agree, Will. Like, I think the the humor is going to kind of equal up and uh, match nicely to the stakes. So uh, the reason why we decided to record this now, we have a little less than two weeks to go before the premiere of episode one of season eight. Uh, However, episode one of season eight is actually premiering this week in New York City. So I wanted to make sure that we got this recording done before some people have had the chance to see the first episode. Uh, I do understand there are spoilers on the internet, but I think, I hope... No one here has actually read them, correct? No. Yeah, no, I I managed to avoid. I'm trying very, very hard this year to go in as blind as completely possible because I really genuinely don't want to know a single thing. Uh, If by accident, because, you know, this is a theory episode that we're doing here. So if we so happen to say something that turns out to be correct this season, know this. It's all it's all speculative and if we happen to be right we're sorry if you would consider that a spoiler but that's what we do here during the off season of game of thrones i mean will you and i i think talk about game of thrones at least once a week every single week since season seven ended pretty much something like that yeah so i mean we've had plenty of time to think about what's going to happen to our favorite characters and now that's what we're going to do here today what i want to first start off with to kind of give this a little bit of structure is i will go through the trailer that we've received so far uh, supposedly maybe even the only trailer that we might get for season eight of game of thrones I thought we would have a second trailer by now with two weeks left, but it hasn't dropped. I think they'll do one next Sunday just to really, you know, get the hype up. Be here next week. I I hope so. You know, like I said, because of the premiere this week, I wanted to make sure that we got this out now. Uh, But that's okay. I mean, I think with the information that we have provided so far, I think we could kind of infer quite a bit and and still have a couple of surprises left in store for us. So... I know death. He's got many faces. I look forward to seeing this one. Everything you did brought you where you are now. Where you belong. Oh. The 
coming. Our enemy doesn't tire. Doesn't stop. Doesn't feel. I promise to fight for the living. I intend to keep that promise. Trailer opens up with Arya, muddy, bloody, breathing heavily, and she's clearly scared about something. And we see her running through uh, the tunnels, trying to evade whatever it is that's chasing her. We don't exactly know what it is, although if you freeze frames and turned up your brightness, you could pretty much tell, at least I think it's whites that are chasing her down the halls. The question is, though, are these the halls of Winterfell? Yeah, oh, I think man. I think pretty clearly they're the the crypts would be my guess. See, I was thinking it was might be actually the tunnels underneath Winterfell, maybe. You know, like like you said, the crypts, right, Will? So it could very well be underground. Because um, I don't remember, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't remember seeing sources of light come through the windows or not. No, it looked incredibly dark in those, all those shots. Yeah, I mean, is there is there a possibility though that this that it's not even actually the crypts? Or the tunnels, and that it's like a dream or a vision or something. I oh, think, I don't know I don't about think that. Arya would have a vision, I, I, especially not with how little time they have. Unless Brand's having them, I don't think they would do like nightmare yeah. scenarios. What one idea that I uh, saw floating around on the internet, and I kind of like this a little bit, is I like the idea that that huge gash on her head resulted in her maybe being knocked out, because there's going to be a huge battle at Winterfell. That's supposedly happening in episode three, the Miguel Sapochnik episode. And it's between the living and the dead. So you have all these characters that are going to be at Winterfell fighting together. It's going to be a huge, huge juggling uh, feat from Miguel to try and edit and balance all these characters' storylines and what they're all going through throughout this battle. So one way that I feel like they could take care of Arya a little bit is have her get like hit over the head. She gets knocked out somehow, some way. And then she's taken out of the battle for a little bit. When she awakes, the castle could be overrun mm. and that's why she's running. Yeah. That, that definitely makes sense. You kind of do the old Tyrion season one thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause otherwise I don't know why she's so frightened, especially because she has this voiceover in the trailer where she talks about death and how she can't wait uh, to see the face of, I presume she's talking about the night King. So she's pretty much talking the big talk, but then when we see the fighting, uh, it doesn't look like it's going that way. <laughs> no, the, there, there is a big theory as to why else she's scared. You know, people have theorized that if those are the crypts of Winterfell, that, the deceased Starks down there have come to life. I mean, they mentioned, I was rewatching season seven, they mentioned on multiple occasions last season that Ned and, um, my mind's going blank. Rob, mm-hmm. Catelyn, no, uh, uh, Rickon. Yeah, Rickon. Yeah, yeah, Ned and Rickon are both, Rickon are both down there. And, um, Ned's sister's down there. There's, you know, I'm sure maybe like Maester Lewin, other people. So if she saw her, 
you know, headless father or her dead, rotting corpse brother come to life, that would scare anyone, including Arya. You know, I think that's the big theory. So another shot that we see in the trailer then is in those crypts, those same crypts, we see Varys down there with the women and children, uh, along with Gilly and baby Sam. And I have two things I want to point out about this shot in particular here, and that is it's very reminiscent of the Battle of Helm's Deep, right, where the women and children are in the caves while, you know, the men are outside uh, fighting to save all of their lives. And I, I like that because I, we've heard countless times this battle get compared to Helm's Deep in many ways and that it's actually supposed to be even bigger than what they did in Lord of the Rings, which is just I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around wow. that. <laughs> yeah. That would be but wild. You imagine some of the stuff that happened in season seven, like the loot train attack, the ice lake battle. Those were pretty epic in scale and scope. And if they're trying to top that in season eight, oh my lord. I mean, they have the money for it. Absolutely. HBO has spared no expense this final season. It's pretty much written them a check for whatever they wanted to complete this show. Uh, another thing that I thought about and this isn't shown in the trailer but it's just a thought do we think that sam is down there protecting them with a sword um because he would want to stay close to gilly and the baby right he would but as we saw in battle of, not battle of the bastards watchers in the wall i mean he feels obligated to get up there and fight if he thinks he's put them somewhere safely i think and I also think Benioff and Weiss just like that character and like giving him moments to be heroic. I suspect he's out on the battlefield. Maybe, you know, maybe he's figured out something with Dragonglass that, you know, he needs to be directly involved with. I, I think his knowledge will be too useful just to stick him down there in the crypts. Yeah, he's one of the few characters that we actually don't see in the trailer. Mm. You know, they've definitely played up a couple of times that... Sam and Bran might, you know, cumulatively be able to come up with a way to defeat the Night King. Because uh, JC and Will, mm -hmm. do you both agree with me that killing the Night King is not as easy as stabbing him with dragon glass or Valyrian steel? It's got to be something a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah. yeah oh, definitely. definitely. Well, this that brings in that brings up the whole Azora High theories, which like are half of my theories, but <laughs> we can get into those later. Oh, we will. We will for sure. So, you know, you have Varys down in the crypts, but someone who's not a fighter uh, that's not down in the crypts is Davos. He's actually on the battlements. And I suspect he's doing very much what he did at Blackwater, where he was commanding uh, the archers. Oh, same thing at Battle of the Bastards, too. So I suspect he'll be the one commanding uh, the archers along the battlements of Winterfell then. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, he'll, I he'll can't be... think of... Well, where would Jorah be? Uh, Jorah, there's another shot here uh, at, at a certain point in the trailer. Jorah's on a horse with Heartsbane, uh, Sam's Sam's uh, family sword that he took from his uh, father, um, uh, Randall Tarley. So I suspect that so uh, Jorah and Sam will have a moment together uh, reuniting after season seven. Right. And something tells me Sam will present the sword to Jorah maybe in a sort of like you'll... You'll make more of this. Yeah, than I, I would. would. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we see Jorah on a horse actually uh, in front of the Dothraki. So Jorah is going to be on the front lines leading the charge, which kind of makes sense, right? In terms of like yeah. Jorah's storyline starting with the Dothraki in season one, right? 
You know, that's an interesting point you bring up about season one, because I don't know if you might bring this up later, but Maisie Williams said to, you know, keep a lookout for parallels from the first season to this season. Oh, totally. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah, I think that especially in terms of Robert's arrival at Winterfell, I think there's going to be a lot of ties when Daenerys arrives at Winterfell. Yes. Did you did you notice the Winterfell is yours thing? Uh in well in what way? So in the trailer, she when Daenerys arrives at Winterfell, Sansa says to Daenerys, Winterfell is yours. Mhm. And Ned says to Robert Baratheon, Winterfell is yours. Your grace. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, good call. That's right. So there 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 are parallels with that. There's another shot in the trailer of a boy on looking the Unsullied, led by John and Danny, arriving in Winterfell. Mm-hmm. And that very much resembles Bran watching as uh, King Robert and the Lannisters all came to Winterfell. So, yeah, no, there's going to definitely be a lot of visual cues. Uh, maybe some lines of dialogue, too. I mean, uh, Will, we're, we're going to see Jamie and John have a dialogue scene together probably going back to uh their brief exchange in the first season mm-hmm. uh, maybe even Tyrion and john in terms of the di- the famous lines of dialogue about all bastards are uh, i'm sorry all yeah oh yeah all they dwarves are bastards in their that. father's eyes or um what is that what is that other line he has that's very popular uh wear it like armor and it can never be used to hurt you mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i i you know, like we saw last season, they were loving the dialogue throwbacks, like even to including I didn't notice uh, this is just a fun one. They mentioned, you know, King Robert had talked about they never tell you how they shit themselves in battle. And he's talking about a Tarly boy who died. And then later, uh, Braun is talking to Dickon Tarly <laughs> and goes, what? They don't tell you that they shit themselves and they die in fancy lad school. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's such a weird <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. Touch. Yeah. Another thing, too, is that there's uh, two there's two shots in the trailer that are made to look like the same shot, but they're clearly not. Uh, we do see the Greyjoy uh, ship fleet. Uh, it's three ships in, in the establishing shot. So, we see a shot of Euron's ship to silence uh, from the inside and we see the back of what we presume is Harry Strickland, the leader of the Golden Company, uh, which Euron was obviously sent to go get by Cersei at the end of season seven. So these two shots are definitely not the same thing because in the shot of the Golden Company, you could see in the background there are clearly more ships than just the three. So I suspect the three that we see in the establishing shot are actually the ships that Dion is going to take to rescue Yara at the Iron Islands. So do we think that that just gets resolved by episode, like, say, two? Mm. It's gotta. I mean, that was one storyline that I that came out in season seven, the Yara and Greyjoy situation that just I don't feel like it holds enough clout to take more than one or two episodes of time. If if two. Mm. Yeah, I mean. It, it depends on whether it's. I don't know. It could go either way. This could be how ultimately Euron is defeated as a whole. And if that's the case, then Theon rescuing his sister could take a long time because that is ultimately who kills a climatic big bad of the show. Um, Alternatively, it could be like the grayscale subplot where 
you know, they're like, uh, we don't really know what to do with this. Let's just wrap it up and then bring Theon back. So I don't know. It, it, it could go either way. It depends on if it's something George intended from the start or not. Well, one thing that I've been thinking about uh, quite a lot, actually, is I think we all suspect that episode three and five, both directed by Miguel Sapochnik, will be battle episodes with a lot of action. However, one thing that I noticed upon my latest rewatch of Game of Thrones is that almost every single episode, I'm pretty sure it's literally every single episode, either has a set piece of some kind involving action or a moment of like gore, like a like a like an execution beheading or something along those lines. You know what I mean? So there's no way that just episode three and five can be the action episodes of the season. So I do believe that in episode one, maybe maybe two, uh, we'll get this Theon rescuing Yara, but he but Euron won't be there because Euron is sailing with the Golden Company back to King's Landing. So it could very much be like a stealth mission, kind of like when Yara did try to rescue Theon uh, back in season four. Hmm. I guess, yeah. What What's the point, though, of having her get captured in the first place? I, well, I, I, well, I like the idea that it's a moment between those two characters. It doesn't have to be Theon and Yara defeating Euron. It could be a moment of Theon really coming full circle and his sister maybe in disbelief that he actually came, but it actually you know turns into a very touching moment between the two where we finally see the full circle of Theon's arc, which then obviously makes it very easy to then kill him later on, possibly, because there's nothing else left for him to do other than to help Yara, Yara kill Euron. Right. But like their storyline of trust and her him finally earning a bit of her respect and, and instead of pity, uh, you know, could really come come forward there, I think. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it, you know, maybe it doesn't happen in the first two episodes. Maybe they do find a way to drag it out somehow. Uh, that would be annoying. <laughs> I want to go back to the Golden Company for a second here because I have a feeling Harry Strickland, who is this season's quote unquote new character, kind of like how we've had. Uh, Jim Broadbent in season seven. We had Max von Sydow in uh, season six. So Harry Strickland's a character that's only going to probably be in what three episodes, maybe will two. Well, it depends on how much the Golden Company is going to factor into everything. Ultimately, I mean, if if they're part of the final battle, which I think all of us assume the final conflict is going to be against Cersei. Elephants even after elephants. Don't forget she said they have elephants. <laughs> Do you think we're going to get elephants? They would not have thrown that line of dialogue in there, which says elephants, yeah. I believe. There's no way they just did that, and they're not going to deliver. We are getting elephants. I mean, I think that's probably, Maybe. that battle is probably it, five. Ice right? King elephants. Ooh, Jesus. I, I mean, I think the battle against Cersei's forces is probably five, right? I, I agree. I agree. The, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think he's going to be sticking around for... Wait, so are y'all thinking that that Cersei's battle is going to be before or after the final battle with the Night King? After the battle with the Night King. Yeah, so uh, let me let me uh, do this. We're going we're to go back to shot, shot, shot by shot with the trailer in a second, but let me just tell you guys really quickly how I see this all kind of playing out. Episode one, touch base episode, right? 
Danny arrives in Winterfell. We touch base with all the main characters. We see what's going on. We get these reunions, first-time meetups, the Northern Lords grumbling over Daenerys coming into the, you know, their castle and so on and so forth, their lands in the north. And episode two, we have more of the conflict from the first episode play out, especially in regards to Jon's parentage and the truth being revealed to him. And by episode three, when he leads um, everybody against the army of the dead in the battle at Winterfell, I think Jon will have fully embraced his destiny and who he is in that episode. And it will kind of rouse us into believing that they're going to win. But because we know we're only halfway through the season, there's still three more episodes left. They have to lose. Uh. They have to lose. I believe full heartedly there's no way that in episode three they will deal with the army of the dead threat that easily. I, I just don't believe right. it. So I then believe episode four will be the fallout of the battle and them regrouping, retreating, uh, either heading to Dragonstone or to King's Landing, maybe both. Uh, definitely King's Landing by episode five, because once again, that's a Miguel Sapochnik directed episode. It's the penultimate episode. And we all know shit always goes down in the second to last episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. So I do believe they'll get to King's Landing. Cersei, you know, will obviously not let them into the city. The Night King and his army will be behind them. Euron and the uh, Golden Company will swoop in as well. And it all will look like it's lost for our heroes as they're being closed in. And the army of the dead will just be killing everyone. They won't, They won't like, you know, differentiate friend from foe with uh, the allegiances on the human side. You know, they'll just be killing everybody. Right. But then I do believe that um, that's where Melisandre, who in season seven told Varys that she was going to uh, Essos. I think she said she was going to Volantis, Will? Yeah. Yeah, she's going to Volantis. We don't know it exactly what, uh, but I do believe that she'll play a very key role in uh, turning the tide in that battle. Well, she's got to bring a force of some source. Uh, you know, literally every battle has ended with, surprise, someone's here to save the day. So, I mean, it's it's just a matter of who is she going to bring. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of people say that she could bring over the... Um, uh, they haven't been introduced in the show yet, but the Black Fox... Oh my God, shit, I forgot the name of them now. Um, well, what about... I mean, there's the Red Priests that... Yeah, but they need an army. Maybe they have one. Yeah. The yeah. Lord of Light has many followers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I, it's a little far-fetched, but it's totally possible. And then season six is... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, episode six is the fallout of everything. that battle and everything. Exactly. I, I expect we're going to have a time jump for an epilogue. That could be maybe the final 20 minutes or so. Okay. But, like, my biggest questions for season eight, that I, which I feel like... I care way more about than like any other person apparently because like I don't hear nearly enough about these things than I do all of the battles. I want to know is Daenerys pregnant? Who's gonna die, John or Danny? Because they're both not living. All right, just not. I, I think that Will and I are both in agreement that Daenerys is one hundred percent going to get pregnant. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. You know, yes. they, they had Jon Snow being like, oh, you, just because some old witch told you, you know, like that that's like, OK, yeah, that dude's about to like slip one past the goalpost. Have you ever considered she was not a reliable, yeah. reliable right. source of information? Plus, they're both Targaryens and Targaryens like bred with Targaryens. So mm-hmm. maybe they keep it all like, within the family. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, I agree. She's getting pregnant. That's that. The other question I had is, like, a lot of when when season seven first ended, everybody was like, oh, once Danny finds out about John's parentage, there's going to be shit's going to hit the fan. Their whole relationship is going to fall apart. I think that's going to I don't think that will necessarily happen as much as the community. If the community finds out about John's parentage like that's to me that stuff is like wrecking my brain i yeah i i agree i agree with that because the northern lords are going to be skeptical of daenerys to begin with uh we all know and this is the thing i'm least looking forward to in the final season we all know they're going to try somehow to continue this contentious relationship between john and sansa for control of the north and daenerys is going to be like the little thing that Fervor pushes that conflict. It's going to be annoying, but we got to just get through it, <laughs> you know, because I think in the end, it's all going to turn out OK. Uh, one of the things I can say with absolute certainty is that Sansa is 1000 percent surviving the series. I am so convinced of this. Yeah, I feel like that's so funny you say that because everyone I talk to is either like 1000 percent Sansa is surviving or 1000 percent she is not surviving. I have not met anyone who's middle of the road on this topic. Mm. I think the showrunners really like her. Yes. Just as a character. And mm-hmm. like more than they like Arya. And I, I honestly think both stand a very good chance of surviving. But if it has to be one of the two Stark girls, I think it's Sansa who lives. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that. I think Arya is going to die. Which leads to, uh, to answer your other question there, uh, JC. I am pretty firm in the belief that both John and Danny do not survive. Really? I think they both make it. I only think one of them make it, but I can't decide which one. I think they're, they're hurtling towards a happy ending. I think that's what they're doing. No, because here's the problem. Uh, The cast members have said time and time again in the interviews leading up to this final season that the ending is right for the story but you won't see it coming. Hmm. Okay, but see here, this is like, this was one of my biggest theories when I first finished that. So like looking back, this is the girl in me, looking back at Game of Thrones, obviously love just does not end well on Game of Thrones at all. Okay, so you have Viper and Ilaria, that didn't last. You have Rob and Talisa, that didn't last. Ned and Catelyn, no. Rinley and Loras, no. Leanna and Rhaegar, no. Oh, crap, but they're both, all of those are dead. There's no one. Sam and Gilly. Mm-hmm. Sam and Gilly. To be okay, honest, yes, I, I, wait, to be honest, I, I kind of have this idea that if the show wanted to get super dark on us, Sam has said in dialogue before that he would rather face a thousand white walkers than fail Sam and Gilly and see them, you know, die because of him. I'm just saying. This is yeah. I just I don't know, man. I, I if if both John and Danny survive, I would be really shocked. That would yeah, be crazy. If they had done anything about the Azora High uh, prophecy, which they haven't really, then I would predict that. So, for those who don't follow the books, the prophecy is that. Um, the one who's going to defeat the White Walkers 
would have to plunge his sword through the heart of his great love to transform it into Lightbringer, which is a sword that could defeat the evil. And, you know, if, if that is Jon Snow, who's the great hero, then the idea would be that, oh, he has to stab his great love, who'd be Danny. We can't see the Jon Snow that we know doing that. So I always thought, okay, well, what if Viserion... Uh, defeats Drogon and Danny and Drogon fall and she's trapped under her uh, dragon and grievously injured kind of like Theoden in Return of the King and then Jon Snow has to mercy kill her and that is what completes Mm. the prophecy and transforms his sword into Lightbringer. I'd like that. Or, but what if Danny is Azor High? So, so actually, it's very interesting because the show has played around with the idea that John is Azor High because Melisandre has pretty much said as much. But we've seen that Melisandre has been wrong before about Stannis. Danny, they pretty much said in season seven, straight up, that Azor High has could be a woman. Yeah, has no gender, so it could be a woman. Mm-hmm. I believe this is misdirection, completely for both of them. I think the show wants, I I think, yes, I listen, I honestly think that Azura High, I've heard arguments for Jamie Lannister, but I am starting to believe that it is the Hound. What? Okay, but the Hound is supposed to match off in Clegane Bowl, all right? Well, that could be part of it, you know? Like, I don't think it's the sole purpose. They keep saying, like, the Lord of Life has has all these plans for him. And if you think about it, he's had one of the most dramatic arcs in the series and they still have it going like that scene with him atoning for his actions in season or episode one of season seven you know when he revisits the family who he robbed i mean they i can't really think of anyone other than theon and jamie who's changed more dramatically since season one they've spent a lot of time on his arc if he's if it's all just building towards the Clegane Bowl. And Beric Dondarrion needs a new priest. Mm. What if Beric Dondarrion falls and just like Doris of Mir, who didn't really believe in the Lord of Light, was just a drunken fool? What if the Hound just has this sudden thing of my friend has fallen and he says the words and Beric rises again? <laughs> the Hound oh, doesn't man. exactly like Beric too much. I wouldn't say those two are besties. Well, there's still a little bit of time possibly to develop yeah. that. Maybe. I'm just saying, right? It's possible. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I am getting away from the idea that Azor High is John or Danny only because I do believe that the show is going to try to surprise us by going some unexpected routes with the storyline. I hope mm. so. And if it is John or Danny, listen, here's my other thing I wanted to say about the final season, because everyone's been asking me, what do you want to happen? Right. And I don't have an exact answer for that, because my belief is if you have a very concrete idea in your head of what you want to happen, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. I think the better way to go into this final season with the storyline is to just simply ask yourself as it's playing out. Does it make sense and do you feel something from it? Does it feel authentic? Like, yeah, if you feel the emotion, the enormity, the scale, if you start welling up with emotion inside of you, even from a rousing moment, a sad moment, a frightening moment, whatever it might be, then it works. Mm-hmm. It just works then. Doesn't matter what it is. It just works. But if you're left there you know, saying to yourself, oh, that doesn't make sense. Uh, no, that, that character wouldn't do that. No then then they failed. 
Right. Well, and I think there's a difference between making you feel something and, and getting you to that point of emotion versus exploiting that mm-hmm. and just ruining everything and every part of the people that you love about the show. Which leads me to something that uh, I got I got to bring this up because I've I, every single time I rewatch season seven, I think about this so much. There's a shot in the trailer. I'm going to tie this back to the trailer again. Yes. Uh, there's a shot in the trailer of, and it's the only shot of Peter Dinklage, Tyrion Lannister, and he's looking up, mm. all right, in the shot in the trailer. Notice the background in that shot. It's not snow. It's not grass. It looks like gravel of some sort. It very much looks like it could be King's Landing, and maybe Tyrion is looking up at the battlements, uh, possibly at Cersei or whatever it might be. So this leads me to believe that Tyrion is making it probably towards the end of the season. Naturally, of course, right? However, I do believe Tyrion Lannister is going to die in the final season. The internet is ripe with theories about that. Well, and, and like I said, my my basis for this is season seven. Because... There are a couple of key things that happened with his character in that season and his relationship with Daenerys that just has me, oh, it's got me angry, but at the same time, it makes a lot of sense. We see Tyrion questioning how Daenerys handles um, certain situations where she like burns the Tarleys, for example. Uh, he didn't necessarily like how she handled that. We have a dialogue scene between him and Varys where Varys tells Tyrion, you got to make her listen. And... Tyrion kind of views himself as like someone who checks in her worst impulses. And while he does believe in her and her vision for the future, he knows that she's not perfect and she needs him ultimately. So when we get to that scene in episode six, Beyond the Wall, where they have this very long dialogue exchange about the line of succession and what happens if Daenerys Uh were to die and the fact that she cannot have children. What then happens in the final episode of season seven? He has a meeting with Cersei, who is bearing a child. And right when he finds out that she is pregnant, the scene ends. Cuts away, yeah. And then she unexplicably comes out from that meeting and pretty much does a 180 and tells everyone, I will fight alongside you. So whatever he said after that scene cut off, it worked. And then, to add more, (laughs) when Daenerys and Jon hook up, We have that shot of Tyrion in the hallway that suggests, oh, no, this is not what I want to have happen. This is not good. Why? Uh Because I believe Tyrion promised Cersei that when this war is over, Daenerys cannot have children. I will make sure that your child sits on the Iron Throne after her, and that will also ensure our family's legacy. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That is very fleshed out. That's a good theory. And 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 you know what? The child is innocent of anything that Cersei has ever done. And he will view it as a very logical thing to do. Mm-hmm. And there's all this talk about Daenerys telling Tyrion constantly, you know, betray like you don't want to betray your family. You know, perhaps you don't want to hurt them after all. And he tells her, you have to take your enemy's side if you're going to see things from their perspective. I am taking my family's side. And... He tells Cersei, I've never, ever wanted to see our family destroyed. So all this plays very much into the love-hate relationship that Tyrion has with the Lannister name. 
So are you saying then that he convinced, so your theory is that he convinced Cersei to let Daenerys become the queen of Westeros? No, no. I I do believe that Tyrion basically says like pretty much, I I, I kind of believe he says something to the effect of, I can't, I can't save you from whatever she is going to do to you or whatever happens to you. But what I can do is I can ensure that your child Mm, survives. Okay. And I do believe that obviously this is going to blow back in his face due to two reasons. One, Cersei obviously lied. We know this because she tells Jamie as such. Mm-hmm. And Jamie's going to arrive at Winterfell and he's going to tell them all that Cersei plans to betray him because he knows too. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> this is all going to be a huge, huge problem for Tyrion because what did Daenerys say to Varys if she were to ever betray him? In season seven, episode two, I will burn you alive. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this question, Will. How poetic would it be if Tyrion did get caught in a bit of treason? And unlike last time where he was put on trial and Varys did not vouch for him, how how poetic would it be if Varys this time actually did stick his neck out for him? And that is what resulted in Varys' end on the show, too. Because Melisandre has told Varys straight up in season seven, I have to die in the same country, same as you do. I think it's unlikely that'll happen. I think Varys is going to die in the battle. That shot of him with Gilly and Small Sam, man, I just, I totally think he's going to sacrifice himself in the crypts. I I think that. But he's not a hero, though. Yeah, but he's When you look at me, do you see a hero? He says that to Ned Stark in season one. I know, but sometimes people do things that aren't entirely consistent with their background in the show. I mean, like, I could, uh, you know, man. He, I, also, he also said that he is looking out for Westeros. Like, that, I mean, that was his whole, that was his whole purpose of his little birds and everything, is that he's looking out for the betterment of the people. So maybe by sacrificing himself, he truly does think that that is the last resort. I also believe, too, that if Daenerys is going to burn Varys alive, I have this weird cinematic feeling that right as Varys is about to be burned or is burning, we may get the reveal of what the Lord of Light said to Varys when his parts were being burnt as he's now burning for the final time. Just throwing that out there. Hi, everyone. This is Tim Costa. I'm Hermano De Silva. And this is Walter Vinci. And together we are the First Time Watchers Podcast. Each week we choose a movie to review that none of us has seen. Watch it together. And then discuss. These movies could be new. Or old. Or on our list of shame. You can find us on iTunes by searching for the First Time Watchers Podcast. As well as on Stitcher. And we love interacting with our listeners. So if you have any suggestions, send us a tweet. An email. Or post to our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. That's right. I mean, it's all about interaction. And talking about what we love. Movies. And you don't have to worry about us going on and on about this and that and the other. And oh, no, look, no, let's no, talk stop, about stop, this stop, minutia Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. And shut I up. wonder shut who the gap can God damn it, shut up. I think that's enough. Oh, you know who's a character that does not look out for the people and only looks for himself? Sir Bron of the Blackwater. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy, man. I have to know. <sighs> JC, what do you think is going to happen to Braun? I think Braun's making it through this. He's going to get he's going to get his castle. 
Oh yeah, I think I think that he is he's one of those characters where like he's going to show up in the epilogue. Maybe he'll disappear, maybe we won't actually see him die, but he but we'll think he's dead, but then in the epilogue we just see him in his own little stupid castle. Uh well, what do you think's going to happen to Bron? I think Bron's going to die. I mean, I I think I know the one I think who's going to just survive to the bitter end is Tormund. But I think most of the comic relief characters are probably going to buy the farm. And, you know, I, I know, Matt, you've said before time and time again that you think Braun is going to kill Viserion just because he shot at Drogon. But, I mean, I think they can't resist having dragon on dragon action. Oh, no, they're going to have that for sure. Um, I think Drogon's going down. Oh, I will. That will be. I agree. I don't think we're going to have any dragons left at the end of the show. Yes, I, that's how I feel. I, I think that they need to uh, live in a world where nobody has these quote unquote like weapons of mass destruction, <laughs> essentially, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if Daenerys yeah. doesn't make it, then it makes no sense for the dragons to make it either. True. But it would make sense if Danny does make it and she has a child, it would also make sense for her to not have dragons anymore because those were her children, but now she has an actual child. And let's remember, too, we did see uh, an undead polar bear in season seven go down from a dragon glass dagger used by Jorah Mormont. If they happen to have Kyburn Scorpion and they have a dragon glass spear, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't think Braun is that important. Well, well, here's 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 how here's here's my only. I have only two ways this can go. I only have two ways. One is he kills the dragon, and the castle that he does get at the end in the epilogue, you find out that he gets Castle Rock because the Lannisters are all uh. gone. And wouldn't that be fitting? Because he took care of the two brothers for House Lannister. Yeah. The other way it can go is. The character who has never cared about anyone other than himself gives his own life out of pure selflessness for someone else. And that would either be Tyrion or Jamie. Yeah, I think that is more likely. Mm-hmm. You know, one one is clearly the happy ending that, you know, I'm sure from a fan service standpoint, everyone would like to see happen. The other one is more fitting with the tone of Game of Thrones. And to be fair, I really do think either one could happen. Mm-hmm. And as far as Bron, part of the other reason is, I mean, we don't know how closely they're adhering to Martin's ending, but I suspect, among other things, whoever kills the dragon is probably something that Martin, or how the dragon dies, is probably something that Martin told them. And Bron in the books clearly is not on anywhere near the same trajectory they've had him on the show. He's not Jamie Lannister's BFF. I mean, he, uh, I think they, they've made him much more important in the show, I think, because they know people like that character. I, I don't mm-hmm. think Martin ever intended him to be a big part of the narrative. So unless they just go totally off in their own direction, I don't see it happening. Well, one of the things that the living has on their side other than the Dothraki, the Unsullied, all the dragon glass being made by Gendry, two dragons. You know, I have to say, after a little while, I started to believe that the living actually looked like the better side in this case. Like, I started to wonder if after a while, if the 
Army of the Dead even looked like a credible threat anymore. But then I remembered they have the largest army, and the Army of the Dead's whole thing is that they overwhelm you because they don't get tired. And you can just bring them back. Right. Literally, unless you burn them. Every time you stab them, they'll just come right back. Exactly. And everyone that you kill becomes a White Walker. So everyone that the White Walkers kill just becomes another one. Exactly. So it's a numbers game, really, is what it comes down to. Uh, But the living has Bran. And I think we all are in agreement that everyone thinks this whole thing is about John and the Night King. But really, the secret is Bran. Of course. Okay, do y'all think that Bran is the Night King? No, 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 no. not at all. Okay, but he's all right, good. Of, you know, he uh, the Night King was so eager to kill the first three-eyed raven and... I'm sure he was like, God damn it, when he realized that he had just transferred his consciousness to Bran. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God damn it. I was so close. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is 100%. Where does it end? Well, so here's the weird thing I have about that. If the Night King. uh, So I'm a little confused about something here, and that is. The Night King wanted to kill the Three-Eyed Raven, presumably because the Three-Eyed Raven has the ability to destroy the Night King. Like I said before, you can't kill the Night King by traditional methods. There's going to have to be some sort of mindfuckery thing that Bran does to make it happen, right? So if the Three-Eyed Raven has the ability to do that, one thing that I don't think we'll ever get answered, but it makes me question, is why couldn't Max von Sydow just deal with the Night King himself then? either in person when he actually came to his lair or any other time before that, unless if my theory holds true, and that is that (laughs) in some sort of weird time loop paradox sort of a thingamabobber, Max von Sydow is old Bran, and there's like a loop in like this whole time thing. Or it might just be that Max von Sydow was old and knew that, you know, whatever he had to do to defeat him might require him to get up close and personal with the Night King. Mm -hmm. And the Night King would do exactly what he did when they got up close and personal, which is stab him. Totally, totally credible. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you, do you believe will that there will be some sort of a time travel element used to defeat the Night King? Um, I, I honestly not sure on that. I think, I think we might risk overthinking what's going to happen like we did last season. Now, before when I said, um, in regards to lack of, uh, action set pieces potentially, cause there's only like two episodes. It looks like where there could be, do we believe that we could see a flashback to the battle of the trident through brand's eyes? Mm. Potentially. I mean, that would also they would probably feel like that was wasting their budget a little bit though it's totally possible <laughs> it's also possible that this news is authentic now i'm sorry i'm quoting uh, jim Broadbent now <laughs> from season seven um in any event i do believe that there will be some sort of a time travel element played into whether it's defeating the night king or maybe just to, for expositional reasons i mean because honestly you could use the time travel stuff to explain azora high yeah and they don't even need time to do that. They could do that literally in one or two scenes. And that's it. And that's all we need. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So even though the show hasn't really done the best job of setting that up, they could just do it all right then and there and be done with it. And it's like, oh, we now have the Azora High theory confirmed. Someone's going to be it. Okay, who is it going to be? So regardless of which, Brand's going to play a huge, huge role in this uh, final season. 
in ways that I'm not even sure um, maybe our minds can possibly comprehend. Something tells me it's going to be very complex. It might be uh, something that where the show really does jump the shark. I would love well, that. No, we don't want it to jump the shark. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jason just wants it to be like flow, full blown. Just make this shit weird, yo. <laughs> Blow my mind. I want to be tripped up, yo. <laughs> Matt, we had so many just like batshit insane predictions week by week last week and before the season. And it things ended up being a lot simpler and exactly what they seemed than we thought. So I, I think we need to be careful because the more complex you make this, it may not be that complex. I, I hear you. I do. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. No, no, no. Because once again, like I said, oh. even if it's not as that, if, even if it's not that complex, um, I don't care what they do as long as it makes sense and I feel something. That's it. Mm. Um, Brienne has said, or Gwendolyn Christie has said in interviews that Brienne is going to have more to do this season than before. And supposedly that does not just mean her fighting, which we see her do in the trailer uh, on the battlements at Winterfell. So my question is, beyond the battle at Winterfell, what else would Brienne have to do this season? She and Tormund bang. (laughs) (laughs) She said we get to see a quote-unquote feminine side. um, And that may be uh, to her character that we hadn't seen before. And that may be an exploration of Brienne's sexuality. I mean, when she says she has more to do, it may be as simple as that. She is present throughout and survives the whole season, maybe has a role in guiding the future and bangs either Jamie or uh, Tormund. And I lean more likely towards Tormund because they've been building that up a lot. Okay, but what about this theory? So this interview was forever ago, but Nikolai Coster-Waldo... He said in an interview that some of our favorite characters are going to end up as White Walkers. So what if Brienne has to kill one of our favorite characters who's now a White Walker? Potentially What if she kills Jamie? Or Podrick. Or Podrick. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. That would be so sad. Podrick is uh, one of those characters who I can't wait to see what, uh, you know, sword fighting skills Brienne has taught him. Yeah. Him and Gendry. I can't wait to see more Gendry. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too too sidetracked here because we just mentioned uh, Podrick and Gendry. I'll just uh, together together i'll put the, i'll lump them together here because i actually do believe that if podrick or gendry survives um a part of me a part of me thinks that you could do something where it's like podrick ends up with sansa and gendry ends up with Arya in the epilogue no man i i think i think podrick's a goner i think he's one of those guys who served his purpose for the narrative and the reason he's still around is to uh, give us someone that we're like, oh, when they die. Yeah. yeah. Really That's how I feel about Gendry. Sir Davos and Gendry both and Podrick. I don't think any of them are going to make it. I think Davos has survived enough. I think he might s- stick it out to the bitter end. He just seems to keep living through everything. Wouldn't it be amazing if after all this talk, I'm warning you, I'm not much of a fighter. Wouldn't it be amazing if Davos is like this badass baller fighter with one Uh, hand? I think there's a decent chance that happens. That's I think that's going to be like one of those Yoda pulls out a lightsaber gag. (laughs) Like, oh, 
I kind of want to see a scene where Davas remarks how he doesn't have the fingers, so he can't fight with one hand, and Jamie's just like, Psh, bitch. <laughs> Look at me, I can do it just fine. <laughs> um... Yeah, Gendry and uh, Podrick. I, you know what, Will? I'll, I'll, I'll go with that with you. I actually like, uh, yeah. I like the idea that Podrick would save Brienne at one point and then maybe get stabbed from behind after yeah, having sure. like a moment of like smiling over the fact that he just saved her or something. I don't know. Yeah. Something really tragic. Ugh. And then Gendry, honestly, Gendry definitely, for me, I think is surviving and he's going to end up with either Arya or Arya. Sansa. It's one of them. Yeah. You'd be, you wouldn't be, uh, what did you say? You wouldn't be, uh, you wouldn't be, um, my family. You'd be my lady. Yeah. And I say this also because remember back in season one, Robert says to Ned, I have a son. You have a daughter. We'll join our houses. It's just, (laughs) he's got the wrong son and maybe Mm. he's got the wrong daughter in mind too. So maybe it's very possible that it still comes to fruition for Bobby B. Um, Moving on from those two characters, can we go back to Jamie for a second? I, I got to talk about Jamie. This is like the toughest thing. That's a character who, it can go so many ways. Yeah. So, so many ways. I mean, I've heard theories that Jamie is Azora High. I've heard theories that Jamie's the one that's going to be, you know, is going to kill Cersei. I've heard that Jamie would fall at Winterfell. I've heard that Jamie makes it all the way to the end and he ends up with Brienne. Like, I've heard it all. And I don't know what makes the most sense other than I think this is definitely going to happen. I think there is definitely going to be a callback to the Kingsguard book from season four where Jamie's pages are blank for all of his good deeds. And I do believe that there will be something written about Jamie in that book when all is said and done. Ooh, yeah. That would be a nice moment. And I think he'll get a noble sacrifice. Um, I, I know a lot of people have theorized that the way the, your little brother is going to kill you prophecy for Cersei comes true is that Jamie dies sometime prior to the ultimate Cersei showdown, and then Arya kills her wearing Jamie's face. And that, to me, seems fairly believable. I like it a lot. Uh, the only thing I'm a little... I, I question this aspect... Does height play a role in wearing the face? No, because what I mean, she I mean, no, because I think that's one of those kind of things you're supposed to just roll with it. Because, I mean, she was Walter Frey and David Bradley is a good, I don't know, like 5'10", 5'11", you know, and she's. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's that's fine. That's fair. Okay. All right. Yeah. I. uh, You know what? To be fair, in terms of Cersei meeting her demise, I've always liked this idea. Uh, I've always liked the idea that we, but, but, but then what do you do? Okay. So let me ask you this question then, because the minute we see Jamie with Cersei in a scene, then we already know it's Arya. Don't you think they would want it to be like a big reveal? Kind of like the first time she, you know, when she killed Walder Frey and we were like, holy shit, it's Arya. Don't you think that they're going to want to pull that for that moment as well? And so maybe the fate of Jamie from the Battle of Winterfell actually remains unknown. Yeah, I could see him. Um, I could definitely see it being kind of like Serial Pharrell, 
where he, uh, you know, maybe people are fleeing and he's like, oh, I'll stay behind and hold them off. And you just see him charge and then, it, uh, you know, off at a group of Or, um, oh, that reminds me of uh, also Watchers on the Wall when John goes down to the gate and, he, and we get the reveal that Gren didn't actually survive. Yeah, either uh, of those. And then, you know, Jamie could walk in to see Cersei, you know, bloodied. And the audience for a moment is like, holy shit, he, how did he get out of that? And they're trying to think through it. So we, yeah, I mean, that works perfectly. And she's like, oh my God, you're alive. He's like, yes, you, you know. And <laughs> I love it. I, I, I you know what? I, I would be such a huge fan of this if this were to happen. If they do misdirection that well, oh, because it all, because it only has to happen in episode five. Yeah. I mean, we could think he's dead and then just, and he is dead and then have this, you know, and, the one-two twist punch. Yeah, I, I would love that. Uh, another mm-hmm. theory that's been floating around, though, uh, just in terms of demises, is Cersei, right? Mm-hmm. And there's so many different ways this one can go as well. For example, uh, the Jamie theory, the Arya theory, the she kills herself theory uh, by by burning the Red Keep down using wildfire. So she basically causes her own destruction, which I don't think is is satisfying really necessarily, but that mm-hmm. is that character going out on her own terms. Uh, one thing is for sure, Val, and well, maybe it's not for sure, but something I could foresee happening is I could foresee a scenario where she thinks that she has the power of the Golden Company and of Euron and the Greyjoy fleet, and this whole storyline for Cersei in the final season could be the fact that she is more alone than she has ever been before. Now that she doesn't have Jamie by her side. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, I don't know what Cersei's gonna do for large chunks of the season with so many main characters not present with her in the King's Landing scenes. I mean she probably won't be around much other than I, I suspect we'll just pop in on her once or twice in episodes one or two, but I doubt she's around much until the second half of the season, like, cause yeah. all the action is at Winterfell. Exactly. So uh, continuing this idea then that Cersei is more alone than she's ever been before. What if her supposed quote unquote allies turn on her? It's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're on slimy and she had it coming. <laughs> I let, yeah, I, I, that's one idea. And then another uh, idea that's been floated around before is, it's very possible that maybe the White Walkers, if they do make their way to King's Landing, maybe the Night King just kills Cersei. <laughs> you it's know? possible, but I yeah. think that feel like a cop-out. I think there's so it many It has to people, be someone who's been hurt by her. Which is like everyone except the Night King. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about Sansa? Uh, Sansa could absolutely do it. That would definitely be interesting uh, and definitely tie their arcs from the first couple of seasons together. Maybe, but I don't... I don't foresee Sansa leaving Winterfell unless, like you said, in episode three, they have to, absolutely. Otherwise, I don't foresee her leaving for anything. All right. So uh, in terms of Cersei's pregnancy, uh, we see her sipping wine in the trailer. And once again, it's like while all this shit is happening at Winterfell and everybody's fighting, she's all alone in silence with nothing but herself and her wine, pretty much. Do we think that she miscarries do we think the pregnancy was a lie what are we leaning towards here do we think that she's drinking while pregnant (laughs) which is something she she would totally do yeah i mean it's the that's not a big deal and they're in the middle ages but 
I do think she miscarries. I've also heard a theory that the baby is Euron's and not Ooh. Jamie's. A finger in the bum. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> not now. We'll talk later. <laughs> it's like one of like my biggest laugh out loud moment in Game of Thrones. Um, okay, Will, what are you leaning towards there? You got me. Uh, yeah, it's tough, right? All right. And then the other thing, too, I also want to talk about just based from this trailer. Uh, we do see Rhaegal and Drogon being approached by John and Danny amongst what looks to be He's just... going to ride a dragon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to ride Rhaegal for sure. I, I actually think that him riding Rhaegal will be John's kind of acceptance that he's a Targaryen. And I think him writing Rhaegal will be symbolic of that, you know, that he, and so I, I actually think that that will happen in episode two. Yeah. Oh I, yeah, I, yeah. I think he'll, he'll have definitely ridden him in time for the battle. And I think they'll both be like arcing through the skies and burning lights. So uh, in that instance, then in the trailer, when we see the uh, CGI shots of the dragons uh, flying over the North over Winterfell, do we believe that John and Danny have been CGI out of those shots? Yeah. Do you think they would do that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Ah. When, when I when I look at those shots of them uh, flying together, does anyone else get like Avatar vibes? <laughs> A little, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't, but now. <sighs> what about the theory about about like the three about um? Because I know there used to be a theory that that Tyrion would be the third dragon rider, but then no, there's Tyrion... not a third dragon. I know, but what about Bran warging into Viserion? That's possible. Very possible. I would be very curious to know what Bran's ability... I I suspect we are definitely going to get the full scope of what Bran can do in this final season. I mean, Bran is very much like a computer. He can't really access the information on his own. He needs someone with the mouse to pretty much tell him what to do, you know? That like when uh, Sam tells uh, when Sam tells him about John's uh, parentage and Bran's just like, no, Dornish bastards are named Sand. And Sam is like, no, listen to me. Just go into your memory vault and pull out this piece here. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I I actually like I actually kind of like that now that here's the guy that knows everything. But his limitation is you can't possibly think of everything. You need someone to tell you where to go to look up the information. You know what I mean? I, I, I like that a lot because it kind of gets you out of the loophole that Bran is all powerful and omnipotent and he could do pretty much anything. Right. So I do believe that Bran will be the key to defeating the White Walkers. The problem is um, how will he receive that information? Why does he not receive it in time for the Battle of Winterfell? And what could possibly lead him to get it later on? In the season, if indeed yep. the White Walker threat is not dealt with in episode three. I mean, Will, do you see a scenario where they do get defeated at the Battle of Winterfell? The White Walkers? Yeah. No. But also, Bran doesn't necessarily need a reason. I mean, he was just like, he knew about Littlefinger, you know, the all of season seven and only decided to let Sansa and Arya know in the final episode because plot reasons so i mean like he he may have the information and just like decide to drop it at a epic moment because i mean i don't 
I don't think that he told them at the end of the season. I think that that was all. I think he told them really early on. I'm pretty no, the, sure the like actors, those. They confirmed that. Really? You no. Know, yeah. That all that conflict between Arya and Sansa was, was real. real? only right before there's a scene that supposedly was edited out of the finale where bran tells him but the kind of you know the suspense and the big surprise reveal they took it out which was the right move that scene plays that scene plays very well beautifully yeah yeah um going down just going down the list to round things out here since we're almost done touching on like every single character so you might as well just finish it up here missende and gray worm do they make it um no, I think Ow. probably Grey Worm dies. Yep, I agree. I'm actually of the belief Missende dies. Mm, that would be so sad. Either way, mm-hmm. but I think Grey Worm is going to die. They did make a really big deal out about that passionate kiss, so nothing good is going to happen. That with was those a goodbye two. kiss, if I've ever seen one. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I just think the show is going to make us believe that Grey Worm is going to die the same way that they led us to believe Tormund would die at um, the battle beyond the wall. And I think it's misdirection. And I think they're going to... Like, I'm trying to predict the surprises, right? And I, Well, they they could definitely do what you were just describing happening with Pod. I could see that happening even more. Like, oh, God, Grey Worm's going to die. Holy shit, he made it. And then he comes back and they smile at each other. Like, oh, my God, he's alive. And then someone stabs her from behind. Yeah. I could definitely uh. see that. Uh Robin Aaron and Jan Royce. <laughs> dead. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Hammond fodder. Uh, yeah. Liana Mormont. Yeah, I think she's a fan favorite. Yeah, they're going to yeah. let live. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they have killed children before. No, but she... Mm, I think they also know they'll get major flack online if they do that. Like, for a variety of reasons, I, I think she's sticking around. The 999th Lord Commander of the Night's Watch Ed. He's dead. I like he's him. Dead. But he's dead. Yeah. My question is, do we get a 1,000th Lord Commander, or does it just end? What's the point of the Well, why would we? The White Walkers the... are done. Exactly. I don't think we would have it anymore, the Night's Watch. What would it be there for? Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, Beric Dondarrion? Dead. Does he give his life willingly to bring somebody else back? Maybe. That could that's, a good, that's a good question. Because one thing I've kind of liked is I've liked this connection between him and John and the fact that they've both died and they've both been brought back by the Lord of Light. I do wonder if there would be some sort of a way to connect that together in the final season. I think it'd be stupid to bring John back to life twice. I think if he brings anyone back, it'll be the Hound. Yeah, or the Hound brings him back, as I was saying before. It could go either way. But either way, I think there will be a resurrection element in the eighth season. Do you agree with that? Yeah. So... Okay, who else we got? Kyburn. Kyburn dies. Everyone in Cersei's yeah. camp dies. Ugh, Kyburn. Goodbye. I mean, hell, honestly, Cersei might kill him herself if she goes increasingly <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I can see that. Tired of his bullshit. Why do you keep looking at dead hands, doofus? <laughs> or he tells her that they're, you know, they're they're doomed, and she doesn't want to hear it, you know. And it's kind of like Darth Vader killing a henchman. Like, <laughs> we need to surrender. Stabs him or poisons him. Uh. I, I know this is going to happen, but I'll ask it anyway. Jorah. Oh, yeah. No, he's going to die he's in dead. his last week. Khaleesi. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like how, like, Egret got the final, you don't know nothing, Jon Snow, and died. Like, it has to, Jorah's final word has to be Khaleesi. <laughs> yes. Khaleesi. Kind of like when Theoden died and he's like, Eowyn. <laughs> and it, it, 
That's like George. That's gonna be George. George's gonna be like laying down. He's gonna be like Khaleesi. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was the creepiest whisper. It was so fast. It would. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, I think Jorah has to die in Daenerys's arms. Yeah, for sure. You know, there is a shot in the uh, recent 30-second TV spot of Daenerys with her back to Jon looking at the fire brooding-like. I, I, I wonder if that's, you know, I mean, I've obviously I think it is post-Battle of Winterfell, and I do wonder if she's mourning the death of her, you know. Her, mm. her her friend <laughs> quote unquote friend yeah. friend yes uh. Uh, okay so Jorah's definitely a goner he'll die in the arms of Daenerys and he may and, oh Edmure um you know I have to say I think Edmure is one of those things where if they wanted to show the the Night King and his army getting closer to Winterfell and to the north um, or, or, I'm sorry, or marching beyond it, because the Winterfell in the North is first. Um, you know, I could see, like, the Night's King and his army making pit stops before they get to King's Landing, and maybe they end up in River Run and they kill uh, Edmure and they kill, you know what I'm saying? Like, there could be, like, yeah. a montage almost of characters that the story forgot about, like Mira, for example. Mm. Well, she, I mean, like, but we've seen in the cast list, I think she pretty much confirmed she's not coming back, but. Tobias Menzies was listed as being in, in at least a episode. So, well, that's a character that, quite honestly, I don't know what they could possibly do with him, and I don't know if I care. Yeah, no, I mean, he was never particularly likable to start with. Right, uh, and then of course, <laughs> there's a reason I saved this one for last. The mountain. Oh yeah, I mean, g g Glade Yes, Glade You've always known what's coming for you. Clegane Bowl. So, Clegane Bowl is definitely 100% confirmed because mm -hmm. of that dialogue exchange in Season 7, Episode 7, and I got more hype than I ever have in my entire life. Wow. Uh, that's something that happens in Episode 5, probably. Yeah, for sure. They find each other on the battlefield. Yeah. So, the question then becomes this. Does I, I, I've always liked this theory. I like this idea that the Hound and the Mountain come to blows they fight it's awesome we don't know exactly who's gonna win and the mountain actually defeats the hound doesn't kill him but he's about to strike the final blow of the hound like on the ground on his back and who saves the hound the aria exactly because wouldn't it be amazing if the tiniest fighter in the show defeats the biggest fighter in the show and it also somehow completes both of their character arcs of their journey together from the earliest seasons that's awesome i would love that that would be great and she won't have armor and she won't have a big sword <laughs> yes armor and a big fucking sword love it that's great will i love that mm. now my only question though is this do we think that if aria kills the mountain she could be the one that kills Kyburn, actually. Okay, Arya can't kill everybody. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, like, are we giving Arya too much if we give her Cersei and the Mountain? <sighs> yeah, it's possible. Those are some big play. I think if so, I, mean, I think the, that if the Arya might just get to kill uh, the Hound, might yeah. just get to kill the Mountain. Like, yeah. he's earned it, man. He burned his face off. Yeah. So, do we think uh, that's one last thing I want to ask about the Hound? Actually, uh, we definitely think the Hound will overcome his fear of fire, right? Yeah. Oh, for mm -hmm. sure. He already kind of did last season. I don't know, because 
we see that shot of him in the trailer where there is fire and I mean, it's a short shot, right? There's, you know, but he's not ferocious. He looks scared still. And the one shot that he has in the trailer with him surrounded by the fire still, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's tough to say. I do. I definitely think that his fear of fire will result in the death of another character once again, though, at Winterfell. Oh, and maybe perhaps if Wildfire does play a role in the Battle of King's Landing, perhaps maybe that's where he overcomes it and he defeats his brother by doing so. Hmm. Okay. Final scene of season eight. Sam writing the Song of Ice and Fire just like Lord of the Rings ended with Lord of the Rings being written 100%. I am 100% in agreement with you, Will. I like this idea of him closing the book he gets up from wherever it is that he's writing it and he, he walks away off screen and we see like out of a window uh, the sun rising and there's like green grass and beautiful like nature. And the title, the finale, uh, listen, we don't know the titles yet, but if the episode were called A Dream of Spring, like Ooh. wouldn't that be like just a perfect shot to end on this idea of a hopeful, bright, beautiful world now lies ahead of uh you know our characters you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but but look what we sacrificed and look what we lost to get there yep so i'm with you will i think that's 100 going to be the final uh shot of the season if it ends with like daenerys on the throne with the dragons i will actually be mad (laughs) yeah yeah that's not gonna happen even Uh, though i do think they they they're like jerking off to daenerys the showrunners they could definitely do that they've done it so Uh, many times they've ended so many episodes with those dragons and her just like having these moments of triumph i'm I'm ready i'm ready for that bittersweet ending and i want to know what that means i'm nervous man that they're gonna that they're gonna cop out and give us a semi-happy ending I'm really nervous, man. I'm going to be pissed if John and Danny are alive and happy together, but I, I can really see it. No, I can't. And I can't see the dragons alive, but I can see Danny on the throne, and I can see Sansa still in Winterfell if she does live as, like, Lady of Winterfell. But Arya is dead, and that's all I have to say. I, I still think John's going to give his life to... I, I think he's going to willingly give his life i agree because i think john's whole arc since he was killed and brought back from the dead yeah is that he knows what's on the other side he knows there's nothing there isn't like the most heroic thing that that one could possibly do is that you know that if you die there's nothing there's no salvation there's nothing and you do it anyway because if you don't everyone else you know is going to die yeah john I love him. I love him and Danny. I love I love their arc so much. But John is not making it out of here. If I have to choose between Danny and John, John's a goner. I mean, this show perfectly writes its ending with the child of John and Danny yep. being the song of ice and fire and leading the world into a hopeful future. Mm-hmm. That's the dream of spring. Dun dun dun. Oh, all right, everyone. Watch us all be wrong. <laughs> Watch the whole thing end with the Night King and the Army of the Dead just winning. <laughs> could you imagine? No, could you all imagine, though, if the real ending. Uh, how many of you actually think they have the balls to pull off that ending? No, certainly not. Would you respect the show if they did, though? If it felt I want to know, know what everyone 
who's listening is thinking is like is going how the show is going to end well i actually want to hear comments from everyone so for this show in particular this was an extended long uh preview of the final season of game of thrones not all of our reviews will be though uh our reviews are going to be patreon exclusive episodes and in order to hear the full length review of these episodes these six epic episodes we have coming up uh, you will have to subscribe to our patreon in order to get the full breakdown of these as it is this will be the only one that we will release in its entirety so if you like the conversation that we've had so far and you want to hear more for season eight of game of thrones definitely give us a subscribe on our patreon for that and let us know in the comments what you think do are we wrong do you have similar theories what do you think is going to happen definitely let us know with that said, it's only a few days away, and then after that, it's all over until the prequel series, which I don't think is coming out next year. It might be coming out the year after that, though. So, something else to look forward to, as always. But for all intents and purposes, this for me is like, this for me is the event of 2019. Like, there is, I'm excited for Martin Scorsese's The Irishman and a couple of other things coming out, Avengers Endgame, but this is like, th th this is beyond. For, for me, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like this is it. Like nothing I feel like in 2019 from a storytelling standpoint is going to match the level of anticipation and hype that I have for this final season of Game of Thrones. Could you imagine if they released only one episode a month? Don't don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want I don't want to even think about that. Uh, so we'll have a couple of our members from the Next Best Picture team join us here on Next Best Series for those episodes. But tonight we heard from myself, JC, and Will Mavity. So JC, tell everyone where they can find you on the internet. You can find me at Twitter and Instagram at JC Aldrich. And Will Mavity. You can find me on Twitter at Mavericks Movies. And you could find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this Next Best Series episode for our preview of Season 8 of Game of Thrones on HBO. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. If you like the content that you are hearing here, rate us, leave us a comment, head on over to the Patreon, as I said before, subscribe, and we'll get the breakdown of the six episodes of Game of Thrones in their entirety when they drop in a few days' time. Thank you so much for listening. As always, send a raven, everyone. We will see you all next time. I cannot give you back your homes or restore your dead to life, but perhaps I can give you justice in the name of our king. <laughs>